Hello, City Church. This is City Church Together for Friday, February 25th. We are almost done with the God-forsaken winter month of February. Praise God, he made it the shortest month. Wow. Did he? Who is responsible for the Gregorian calendar? Some guy named Gregory, I guess? I don't know. All I know is October is the 10th month. It's supposed to be the 8th month because we inserted some like Roman emperor names in there. Like August for Augustus. What are we doing here? Does anyone know? <laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll do a here journal. Actually, today, um, I would like to talk to you about... Um, I would like to talk to you about um, foreskins. That's what we're going to do today. So... Um, the uh, I'm actually not going to do today's reading, but I'm going to do Monday's because it's a passage that um, I get asked about quite a bit and um, spent some time reading up on it and trying to understand it and was really encouraged by it and shared it with our staff this week. Um, and I think all of us, you know, from time to time, we need a passage on um, foreskins that say something about a bridegroom of blood um, as just, you know, an uplifting moment in your week. So that's what we're going to do here today. Hopefully explain a passage that will, um, that, uh, maybe has tripped you up in your reading this week. Um, could have done first Corinthians 11, which was, uh, I believe yesterday's reading. Um, uh, but I recently preached a sermon on that. Um, you can go back in the city church archives and, and find that. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be in Exodus chapter four for our here journal today. And we are going to be start in verse 18, Exodus 4, 18. Then Moses went back to his father-in-law Jethro and said to him, please let me return to my relatives in Egypt and see if they are still living. Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. Now in Midian, the Lord told Moses, return to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took God's staff in his hand. The Lord instructed Moses, When you go back to Egypt, make sure you do before Pharaoh all the wonders that I have put within your power, but I will harden his heart so that he won't let the people go. And you will say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. I told you, let my son go so that he may worship me, but you refuse to let him go. Look, I'm about to kill your firstborn son. On the trip at an overnight campsite, it happened that the Lord confronted him and intended to put him to death. So Zipporah took a flint cut off her son's foreskin, threw it at Moses' feet, and said, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. At that time, she said, you are a bridegroom of blood, referring to the circumcision. Now the Lord had said to Aaron, go and meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and about all the signs had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. Aaron repeated everything the Lord had said to Moses and performed the signs before the people. The people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had paid attention to them, that he had seen their misery, they knelt low and worshiped. And that is the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 4. It's what we're highlighting today. So the verse that I want to highlight is uh, verse 25, where Zipporah took a flint, cut off her son's foreskin, threw it at Moses' feet, and said, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. All right, so let's do our best to explain this, because this is definitely one of those passages that you read, you think, what in the world, and you move on, um, hoping for its insignificance. 
Um, but we have something interesting happen before and after this verse. Before, Just before this verse in Exodus chapter 4, um, you see that the Lord confronts Moses and intends to put Moses to death. And then directly after Zipporah's act, we have things carrying on positively. Moses, Moses goes to Aaron. They get ready to go to Pharaoh. Everyone is worshiping the Lord together. So what is it about what Zipporah does um, that sort of changes to God about to kill Moses to now Moses moving forward with this plan to confront Pharaoh? Um, all right, first, some understanding about what's going on here. Um, in verse 25, the word Moses is not actually there, okay? So it says um, it would be um, that she cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at his feet um, or placed it or touched it to his feet. Um, so there are some, uh, there are, I don't want to say liberties taken with the Hebrew here, but um, and I, yeah, I have no intent to like correct the brilliant people who are the Bible translators here in the CSB who definitely know more than I do. Um, but I, I just want to propose something from this. It is a fact that the Hebrew does not say Moses. That is something that scholars wrestle with, as does this mean Moses' feet. Um, I don't think it necessarily changes the meaning, but for me it helps with understanding. Um, and then what you have with feet is, is most probably... Um, a euphemism, feet, for uh, the male genitalia. So this is common in the Hebrew language, which makes Isaiah 52, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, a rather interesting passage. Um, although uh, that probably just means regular feet there. Okay, so let's go back to our current text. Um, what is happening here, Zipporah is, a, um, Zipporah is from the Midianite tribe. So when Moses meets her, um, Jethro's daughter, um, he is essentially marrying someone from uh, a pagan background. Um, and so what I, what I believe is happening here is Moses is called to go to Pharaoh to confront Pharaoh. And he has also been called to carry the sign of God's covenant with God's covenant people, which is very important. It is circumcision. Now, other people were doing circumcision, including the Egyptians and the Midianites, but they were doing a different kind of circumcision. The, the Egyptians did not do a full circumcision. Um, I'm not sure what the Midianites had going on, but it was something a little bit different than what the Jews had going on. So Moses is in character up to this point, I want you to think about the helplessness of Moses up to this point in Exodus. And so we had in the opening chapters, you know, Moses is a helpless baby inside of a basket who is dependent upon his sister Miriam and his mother. Um, in addition, he is very dependent on the Egyptian princess um, to care for him. And then just Previously in this chapter, he's been complaining to God that he don't speak too good. Um, that and and so God gets angry with Moses and reluctantly says, "Okay, fine, Aaron will do this." He's been dependent on Jethro when he goes out into the desert, um, as he's th the mistake that he made in murdering um, one of the Egyptians, and he runs out into the desert, and there he is dependent on Jethro to take him in and sort of hire him, um, take him as a son-in-law and hire him, you know, over pastures, and that's where he meets God in the burning bush. So Moses, at this point in the story, is a very dependent character who makes some foolish um, spur-of-the-moment choices and often 
often those are in fear, but he is very much indebted to um, people, to pagans and also to women. And so here we have a woman from a pagan tribe, Midianites, so non-Israelite here at that way. And I think what Zipporah is doing in here is she, she knows that, uh, she knows and respects Yahweh, and she knows that um, she can sense, unlike Moses can, that, man, we are in trouble if Moses does not obey Yahweh here. So we have got to circumcise. And even though I'm not uh, completely sure, I'm, I'm speaking in uh, first person for Zipporah here, even though I'm not completely sure how to do this, I have been taught Midianite rituals of circumcision. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my son Gershom and I'm just going to perform the ritual I know. And I believe that that's where the language of you are a bridegroom of blood um, it's not like Zipporah's, you know, coming, for, he's, she's really angry, although that might be the case, okay? Um, but I don't think that she's coming from really angry. I think she's doing what she knows as a Midianite with circumcision to obey Yahweh. And it's interesting that Yahweh, God, the Lord, honors this, and that's what shifts the thing. So Zipporah, on behalf of Moses, does what she knows to do to honor Yahweh. All right, now... Let's take all of that. How in the world do we apply that? Well, one way you can apply it is always keep the phrase, you are a bridegroom of blood, in your back pocket to use at very... I, I think it's a wonderful way to sort of end the conversation. Okay, so I'll see you tomorrow. All right, you're a bridegroom of blood. I think it's a great... Going through, just through the drive through and I'll have a Biggie Fry and a Frosty. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. Pull around in the window. All right. You're a bridegroom of blood. This is a wonderful icebreaker. You need to keep this phrase in your back pocket. All right. Along with from Romans 3, um, your throat is an open grave. These are fine, fine sort of flippant off the cup lines to use. Okay. Besides that, how do we apply this? Well, here's how. First of all, notice God's faithfulness to accomplish his purposes through very weak fearful and failing vessels, which is what, that's exactly the picture we get of Moses. Second, notice how the weak help the supposed strong. I mean, up to this point, Moses has been helped by uh, women um, and by pagans. A lot of women and pagans are helping this chosen person of God. Um, So, what do we take from that? Well, we take what the New Testament tells us, what we learn from Jonah. It's like, it's, it's, it's often people, uh, it is often people who are far from God who notice um, what God is doing and the people who are sort of in the routine who don't notice what God is doing. So we need to keep our eyes open for the image of God in others. The second thing to take from it is what you see often in the New Testament, like with a woman who reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus' garment, is God honors the smallest bits of faith, even if they're not done like in the exact prescribed manner. You see this in the New Testament with the Pharisees all the time and the way that Jesus deals with the Pharisees. You know, they've got everything lined up and lined out in how to obey God exactly the right way and what our theology is. And then you just have desperate, weak people on the outskirts reaching out for Jesus. And Jesus honors that faith but he confronts and condemns the sort of hypocritical, um, I'm using air quotes, faith of the Pharisees. And we see that here with Zipporah. 
uh, yes, Moses sort of has an inside track as a Hebrew with God, but it is Zipporah just taking the Midianite ways that she knows, recognizing in the fear of the Lord, recognizing this is something that I need to do. Moses is dropping the ball here, and I need to do it on his behalf. And of course, through the blood of her firstborn son, she changes the narrative. Uh, she she changes um, the outcome and, you know, that definitely points to Jesus, the blood of a firstborn son changing our outcome. Um, so it is, it is with humility that we lead and with sensitivity and eyes open to every human being who has the potential to see God and act in a fear of God, even sometimes when our, um, our sort of, you know, tried and true and vetted ways might still lead us to, to fear. Um, so that is the application and, um, let's now spend a short moment of silence before we respond in prayer. Our father, make us people of humility, not false humility like Moses had in Exodus chapter four, where, you know, Hey, I I just, that's really fear, you know, I, I just don't speak well. And then, you know, God gets angry and says, come on, man. I'm like, it's me. Don't you know who you're dealing with? Um, but actual humility, it says, man, I, I, I can screw this up. I, I can make wrong decisions. Like I'm definitely capable of that. And I need to listen to people around me. I need to be dependent on people around me. And there is no one, not, there's no person that I can't learn from that might show me something beautiful about God because everyone is created, Lord, in your image. So give us eyes and ears to see that. And Father, I ask that um, whatever mighty work you want to do through me or through our church, through the people listening on this podcast, um, Father, that you would do that through their weakness so that you would receive glory and honor just like you did in Moses' life. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.